sorry about that. Don't worry, guys. It's not, you know, girl, girl. Anyways, good morning, good afternoon, and a good evening. It's your girl, Simi, and I'm back like I never left. Wow, it's really been one month since the last episode, and all I have to say is... Um, I'm sorry, I guess. My deepest apologies. I'm so sorry, everyone, that I've had to deprive you of this content. <laughs> I know no one's even asking. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I've been sitting on these two episodes for a while. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. To you folks, I'm sorry um, that you've had to wait this long. Um, but I was really excited to record this episode. I can definitely say it's on a topic that is near and dear to my heart, takes up all my free time, all my spare time, all my volunteer time, heck, definitely all my pay time. So enough about me. Today we're going to be featuring some future Olympians, some future, you know, Team Canada superstars, you know, get the autographs now while you can before they come verified and their PR manager says that they don't have time to talk to you no more. I've got three lovely, stunning, rising superstar student athletes on today's episode who are just going to talk to us about their experiences, you know? being black and being black athletes what it was like growing up but it's like now on their university level teams and just you know honestly i love hearing the young folks talk they're not even that much younger than me but you know it's still there's still definitely a generational gap here because you know they'd be on tiktok and all that and you know i'm grown i don't use tiktok but if you do use tiktok follow me at underscore simsima seven um but yes superstar athletes we're just going to talk to us about their experiences So, to get us started off, could you all go around and tell the listeners your name and the team you play for? I think league would be really helpful to some of our listeners who may not be familiar with the sports landscape. Um, And just your position as well. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, my name is Maya Dai, um, and I play for the Carleton Varsity Women's Rugby team um, here in Ottawa. And I've also played for the Canada U20 national team. Um, and we're under the Youth Sports League, but then our like sub league is the RESQ. Wonderful. <laughs> um, similar to Maya, but my name is Lauren. Um, I also play for the Carlton Women's Rugby Team um, under Youth Sports and RECQ. And my position is loose and tight head prop. <laughs> Didn't see my position. Yeah, I'm a wing. A battery player. <laughs> okay, so for the, okay, I'm not familiar with rugby, I'm not gonna lie. So could you explain what that means? Okay, so a battery player is like, so I'm mainly on the outside of the, like, of everybody, and I'm more of the, I catch any balls that are like, more of the high balls that they kick, um, and more of like the a finisher. Girl. That fast girl. She's the fast girl. I'm the <laughs> fast. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and then my position is pretty much the complete opposite of Maya's, um, where I'm the person who does all the big tackling, all the, um, heavy lifting, all that big stuff. So yeah. Right in front of the strong. Got it. (laughs) Noted. Okay. To our, um, other third speaker for the night, would you like to share? That's how you're going to address me? Oh, everyone, this is also my younger brother. <laughs> what did you want? You wanted trumpets? Ah, uh, you know, any type of, you know, introduction would be nice, but... This is my son, my protege. Everything that he's learned, he learned All from right. me. He learned from All me. Right. Anywho, uh, what's going on, folks? My name is Remy. I am a soccer player at Providence College. 
we are under the NCAA and I'm in the Big East Conference and I'm a goalkeeper. That's Is it. anything else I'm... Nice. For the people who may not be familiar with soccer, could you just explain what your role is on the team? I keep the ball out of the net. <laughs> oh. Okay. That's very descriptive. Thank you so much for that. So, anyways, <laughs> now that everyone knows about the sports and about the teams and the leagues and the positions, I just want people to have, you know, graphic images, you know, because some people are very far removed from the world of sports. So if you have to, I was going to say dumb it down. If there's a nicer way to say dumb it down, that's exactly what we're doing for the listeners, okay? So in case they need to, like, draw out the actual field when they're listening so that they can understand better. I don't know. I'll give you anyway, that. I'll give you that. First question. So what was your experience growing up as a Black athlete? So I know Rumi grew up playing in Brampton. Um, lots of Black. Brampton. Oh, my gosh. You're from Brampton, too? Yes, I am. Ah! <laughs> Shout out to the Airport Gang one time. This is all from my Bramley City Center. <laughs> <laughs> for my Shoppers World fans. This is oh for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, just like... What part of Brampton? Oh wait, don't say your whole accent. I'll wait. Wait, wait, just, just, just see me. You wanna know like my your intersection? Oh, you're over there. We yeah. used to be from those ends, you know? Wow. Wait, 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 did you go to Rock? Or no, you yeah. went to Notre Dame. You went to Rock. Went to Rock. That explains so much. I, I know. Everything makes sense now. <laughs> you're I think Rock. Yeah, I literally was like, I was looking at them and I'm like, I feel like I've seen these people before. And That's like, what I was saying. I, just, well, I don't know where yeah. I came before. And then you got to like Brampton. I was like, yes. When you're from Brampton, you just look at someone and you just know. You, just, you, you like, know, yes. Like, just the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Maya, where did you? I don't want to talk about where I'm from now. It's irrelevant. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was America. That is also wonderful. I'm just from here, literally from Canada. Like it couldn't get any like whiter. That's still, that's still cool. That's still cool. You know, that's still. It sounds like It's okay. It's alright. <laughs> okay, so I guess for every sport, it's different, but for also like environment, city that you grow grow up in, it's also different. So for like in Brampton, if you played sports, um, I'm not sure about now, but definitely back then, every team had half the team was at least black. Like a good half, yeah. of, like every team was black. Um, but depending guess, on what school. Yeah, depending on the team, of course, depending on the school. Mm-hmm. But just how were your experiences growing up? Oh my gosh. Um, for me, that would be like the complete opposite. Like high school, I'd be like the only black girl on the team. So I'm like, yay, I get to stand up. But I'm also like, damn, like I'm standing out already as is. Like all these girls are like pointing. And I am a fast player. So it's like, oh, dang, like she's always fast. Like, da, 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 like get on her. Or, mm-hmm. oh, how did she just become fast like that? Like, I couldn't tell you. I, I, did, I did what I needed to do. I trained on my own and I just, like, came out like that. Um, I've been playing, like, different kinds of sports, like, throughout my whole life. Gymnastics, soccer for, like, a big chunk of my life. I thought that's what I was going to do. Then I turned to rugby. And it's just, like, each one is, like, it's very, like, white girl dominated um, in every sense. Um, like, on and off the field, like, they have their own, like, little aspect, little gathering, I'm kind of just, like, okay, I kind of just, like, put my head down, did what I need to do, enjoyed the thing I was doing, and kind of just, like, went from there, mm-hmm. so. 
Um, I would say for me, like, I also did play soccer for a big chunk of my life. And I found that, like, playing soccer, um, it was more like I was, like, that black girl on the team where it was like, oh, like, you know, she's fast, she's strong, she's this, that, and whatever. And it was like anything that you did, it was like amazing. Like it was a shock to people. Like they couldn't believe that like you could be that type of an athlete. Um, but honestly, it was like when I turned to rugby, like my school, our rugby team was probably the only rugby team that had 90% of us were black. And like to other schools, we were literally like the like that black girl, like that black team. Yeah. Like everybody else had a lot of white girls. We had literally all black girls. Our starting girls are all black. So it was like, we were also, we were looked at a lot differently than other people mm -hmm. um, because we were just mainly black and they couldn't believe that like, oh, they had all these athletic black girls and they didn't, like, it was like a mindset, like mm -hmm. they don't know where you came from. Almost like we aren't supposed to be athletes. Like we shouldn't play sports. Yeah. Like, anytime I would play like a team with a few other black girls, they'll come up to me, yo, like, you have like how many black girls on the team? Yo, like I'm actually kind of scared. I said, "What?" Yeah, like, that was us. Yeah. And then, so I'm thinking, like, if these girls saw you guys, it would be someone else. Yeah. So. I got a question before I even say my part, but like that being your case, being in like a predominantly white sport with a predominantly black team, did y'all ever catch yourself like you know, in situations in games and stuff like that where like the refs, you know, acting up or every single time every single time like I can vividly remember like I can count on my hand like how many times I've been called the n-word and one of those was at a like a rugby game like we were in a tournament and we were beating the other team so it was literally crazy because we were mainly black girls on our team and they were mainly white girls on their team and we were beating them and it was like their home like they're like the home team and we, I vividly remember a girl literally shouting out, like, I refuse to lose to a bunch of, and she called our whole team the N-word. Wow. looked at them, didn't say anything, and we literally all just went crazy. Like, it was just like, like, you couldn't believe that, like, in that day and age, people were still uh, refusing to be beat by somebody, not because they were better than you, but by the color of your skin. That's embarrassing. Yeah, mm -hmm. their part. You guys won that game, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, wonderful. wonderful. Of course. Step one <laughs> in combating racism is to always, always win the games. Always. Always. Yeah. Finish first. Wow. For me? Oh, my bad. Sorry, I got a little hungry. Um, for me, I mean, you sort of already said it, but obviously soccer is a pretty popular sport, so you're going to see, like, a wide variety of people from different whatever countries backgrounds and all that good stuff so i mean i didn't personally experience anything like too too crazy growing up obviously except for maybe like this one time mm -hmm. i think we we're playing against this team that was like it was one of those like not academy teams but like random teams that dudes happen to make and they were i want to say croatian or something like that and nothing happened between like the players or anything right it was the parents but like back when you're younger, you know, the parents are always heavily involved. And Sydney, you probably remember, but like mm -hmm. all those times when I was on Brampton, you know how like our team was, right? Like when I was on Blast. Pro black. And, you know, Very pro black. Huh? Pro black. Exactly. Pro exactly. black and pro Italian because we're from Brampton. 
Exactly. So, you know, the parents used to get rowdy. And I just remember how intense those games always were. And I think it was mostly because of the parents. Because, like, again, we were all pretty young. But, yeah, I think that was probably, like, the most intense part of, I don't even know, just, like, the most intense things were ever racially. Hmm. Yeah, I remember those days. How being on mixed team, but especially in high school, being the only black girl on the team, the coach would even, you don't have to try out, the coach would just start you and just expect you to drop yeah. points, score 20 goals, like the standards, the bar. I was just like, oh, I mean, sure, yeah, whatever, whatever you take me for, you guys. I remember um, the first time I found out, I was, I was learning about like black stereotypes um, in terms of athletes. I think I was playing like U13, U14 um, on a Brampton team. And we're doing this drill where you have to like run and like head the ball. And then you have to like jump and head the ball. And then I guess I didn't jump high enough or something. And my coach was like, wow, I will never believe the day that I would, I would find out that no black man can't jump. And I was just, <laughs> oh, first of all, I was, when I tell you I was confused, because I didn't even know that was a stereotype that like black people are supposed to jump really high. But I guess, hey, Michael Jordan, the NBA, like that makes sense. But the shock in my face, I can't jump. And I was like, I can't say nothing. If I say something, he's going to bench me. And <laughs> I need my minutes. So, like, that being said, like, have you guys ever had anyone say anything out of pocket, like, besides the refs, like, your own coaches or teammates? And then you just kind of look at them like, uh... <laughs> Do we have stories? No way. <laughs> oh, my God. I think, I don't know, it's crazy to me because being in like as opposed to like being in Brampton and like being in Ottawa I thought that like being in Brampton like that's where I was gonna get it like that's where you're gonna get all the racial comments and this that and that but when I came here man I I don't even know what to say I think my first my first week here I was barely on the team and (laughs) me and one of the other girls who had just made the team I don't know this girl from nobody. <laughs> and she was like, we are leaving the calf. And she goes, oh yeah, see you later, my. <gasps> my what? My, come again? My. She literally said, see you later, my nigga. And I said, oh. And I'm sitting here and there's bare people around. And I'm literally looking at myself like, this has to be like a dream. Like I can't be living this moment right now. A girl literally said, see you later, my nigga, to me, to my face. I said, where am I? Because this cannot be, this cannot be 2018, 2000, whatever. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. But like, oh no, it's not even the half of it. Like, you know, here in Ottawa, it's just different. We're teammates, not blood sisters. Like, what do I look like to you? What do you look like? I know your last name at this point, right? Right? Yeah. I don't know. I think it was like coming into university, it hits you different because everybody's out here thinking they're grown, knows everything, or they're too too confident, thinking they're the best character out there. Uh, What I got? I remember my first year. So, first year I'm coming in, I was the only one, I was recruited, so I was the only one, only black girl on the team at the point. So, I was kind of just like, okay, this is going to be how it is. Um, then all the girls are like, okay, we should do a team bonding uh, little game. Okay, Quebec. She goes, all right, let's all take our baby photos together and let's try to guess who's who. 
And I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, that's going to be pretty evident, pretty obvious for me. And then she goes, oh, how about if we just do it in black and white? Ma'am. <laughs> um, I'm still black. I, I think I'm just going to appear a little darker in the photo then. So I'm kind of just sat there, I'm like, that, that still doesn't work. Even if there was one other black girl, it still wouldn't work, you know? So she was like, no, nah, we'll find a way. No, you, you kind of just have to cut it at this point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I don't even know how it is for guys, but I just feel like for mm-hmm. girls, it's more like they'll do like these little, little things or they'll say little things or do little jabs and stuff. Like, especially when the biggest excuse that you hear is like, oh, well, I'm from a small town. And it's like they've never seen black people before until they got to like university. Like, thank you. Encountered like they were like, around black people. Yeah, and it's like I know like when I came to like I know like an ongoing joke is like especially in the GTA area like ah oh, like you're from Brampton da 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 da. And I came to Ottawa, and I'm telling a girl like oh yeah they're like they want to do this cute little thing where it's like oh we can all go visit each other's hometowns and like see each other like when the season's over. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's cute. And one girl looked at me and was like, no offense, but, like, I don't really want to go to Brampton. So here I am thinking she's been to Brampton, something happened to her. (laughs) How come? She looks me in the face and goes, oh, well, like, I just don't want to get shot. What? And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to get shot either, so (laughs) I don't understand. Like, I live across the street from an elementary school. I have a crossing guard down the street from my house. Like, I don't think you're going to get shot where I'm from, but I mean, okay. And she's like, oh, like, I don't mean to, like, be rude. Like, I just, like, I'm from a small town. Like, I don't know how it works, like, where you're from. And I'm like, I don't know. It's like, clearly there's something that you know that I don't know, because I've been living in Brown for a long time, and I've never been shot before in my life. (laughs) So, I mean, okay. And we just have to cut the whole thing, because... I don't know. No, it's just like little things they'll do, and then they'll make mm-hmm. the excuse like, "Oh, I'm from a small town. I didn't know." People from small towns be be waking up every morning. They have post notifications for Six Buzz or Real Toronto News, and they watch it and they take notes. <laughs> like, it's and they think it's a realist situation. Like, like that didn't really happen. Honest. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I'm real team, especially if like like I never had a I don't I'm trying to think. I never had a black coach, so even if, like, like, it'd be the coach's kids saying the most out-of-pocket things, I'd have to look at them like, mm, well, I guess that's it. I'm definitely not with my parents. My parents will pull me from the team, so <laughs> I'll just keep that to myself. Is it worth the minutes? I don't know, man. Right. It's not worth your starting lineup, your starting position? When you know uh, the guys are coming next week? I don't think so. Let's say it always right. happens to like they say the craziest things during the wrong time, like the big game coming up, and she wants to be <laughs> racist to me, and I'm like, my parents are coming to see me, like mm-hmm. they don't want to see me sitting on the bench. I need to start, so I'm gonna hold this one in, and like, we can talk about it next week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Now me, on the other hand, see it's kind of crazy to me because like I feel like growing up you're not like especially because we're from like canada or whatever right and us two in particular we're from the gta right so like you know gta is really just a big melting pot but you don't become so aware of all these like racial stuff until like you get older 
and like you kind of pick up on the little microaggressions here and there, but like they're not as I want to say drastic or prevalent. But since I've come to America, <laughs> would y'all believe me if I say my first like you know racial incident where I feel like it was actually you know like directed towards me came from my teammate? Yeah. That's it's crazy, right? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say the story though. So, came in freshman year, or whatever, right? 2018. I go to predominantly white instit institution. So, like, I remember stepping on campus like the first day of classes. I come out, you know, I'm ready to go to class. I come out with my baggy sweatpants, my G Fazos, I got my chain on or whatever, right? And I just, you know. <laughs> I look outside and I'm like, yo, where are my brothers at? What's going on here? I'm that confused because I'm like, bro, I look completely out of place. You got everybody walking around their khaki shorts, button up. <laughs> it's like, bro, what? <laughs> like it literally looked like a team from like uh what's that what's that thing on Netflix called? Um Last Chance You. I look like one of those dudes. Oh wait. <laughs> it was bad. I was like, what's going on? But whatever, right? Obviously, it's a small school too, right? So, like, when you see a person of color across campus, it's what's up, you know? It's, what's good? What's good? You know what I'm saying? So, obviously, the POC community here, we all tighten it. So, I'm talking to some upperclassmen or whatever, right? And my team has this program over the summer where you come in early and you can do some courses or whatever, start training and all that. I didn't get into the program, but, like, majority of my team was already there. So, I'm talking to these um, upperclassmen that I know, and they're saying, yo, this dude in your class on your team is racist. And I'm like, nah, he can't be that racist or whatever, right? And slowly and surely, as time goes on, I'm starting to pick up on like, you know, little things he'd be saying. Like he'd just be passive aggressive, saying like smart mouth comments. And I'm like, hmm, okay, I'm gonna keep my eye out on you. But so I'm not gonna when your friend is racist. racist. What was the funniest thing ever? Cause you're just like, it's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I know, but don't tell me. <laughs> so freshman year passes, right? And you know, nothing was really directed towards me. So sophomore year comes, and my sophomore season, greatest season we've had so far. I mean, I've only been here for two years, but you know, easily great season we've had so far. We are taking doves or the Big East tournament, going to NCAA tournament, and we're in the locker room one day. I think it was like before practice or something but at this point we're in the later half of the season and i think at this point we were already like in the tournament or we were ranked or something right and i remember i'm standing there i'm getting dressed i just walk into the locker room and homeboy's talking about some oh are you going to the black studies thing blah 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 and he kept putting like extra <laughs> emphasis on black and he said it in my italics <laughs> everything cap lock everything black right? <laughs> And like he's staring, standing there looking at me, but I'm barely paying attention. I got my earphones on because I'm getting dressed for practice, right? And I'm like, there's no responses. So I turn around, he grilling me, everybody else in the locker room looking too. And we're like, wait, what? So I'm kind of just standing there in like complete shock. I'm like, yo, this guy's really talking to me. <laughs> what's going on? But you know what's crazy? That wasn't even the worst interaction I had with him. We're warming up one day, right? <laughs> I should have just kept my mouth shut. I passed a smart mouth comment, right? But it wasn't anything racially related. 
Like, it was just like a locker room joke, right? And we're going, and he says, blah, 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 blah. Can't wait to send you guys back to Africa. And I'm there like, wait, what? Oh, how do you have a double citizenship? Oh. I didn't respond, and I was like, I'm just there quiet. And then I asked the guy behind me, I'm like, you heard that too, right? And he's like, yup. I'm like, yo, this dude's actually racist. <laughs> that was the day I knew. I was like, oh my God. Who do I even, I, I was like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to say. Like, I literally just didn't say anything after that. I was like, okay. And he said it with his chest too, huh? Mm-mm. His whole chest. His whole That's chest. The funny thing too is like, it's always like, those joke shirts, like, oh, I can't wait to take him back to Africa. You don't even know if those people are actually African. Because, at least your insult has to be smart. Like, I'm more annoyed because your insult is dumb. It doesn't make sense. Like, you didn't think this through. Like, makes no sense. With facts, receipts, a thesis. I'm hitting you where it hurts. Mm-hmm. Right? Scholarly sources. But you just opened your mouth and just zoomed. It made no sense at the time, too. Like, the, the correlation between my joke and his joke was like, bro, <laughs> two completely different topics. And I'm really yeah. just standing there like, Bro, what? <laughs> I, I I was shocked. Lost for words. Like, Completely lost for words. Oh, no. To this day, I don't really talk to the dude all that much after that. I know where I stand with them, which is why I don't get too close. Wow. Anybody, like, have I talked to coaches about that? No, because, like, bro, what do you what do you tell the coach? This guy's racist? <laughs> what are they going to do? What are they like, going to do? A big thing for people is, like, oh, well, like, if this person's saying this to you, like, why don't you hire your coach? And it's like my coach doesn't care. My coach is a. If my coach is not black, he's not. He doesn't care, right? He'll hear what you say, nod his head, and then he's going home to his wife and his kids. Doesn't care about anything that happened to you. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter. So it's like, why would I go to somebody? Why would I go spill my business to somebody that doesn't care about my business? I might as well handle it myself. I might as well just not say nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if you think about it on their ends, like they've went out and scouted this boy. They've now brought him. 1,000 miles away from his family to come play for the team. The school is giving him a scholarship, accommodation. A lot of the times, he's not even a bench player. He's a starter, so he's actually a good player. Mm-hmm. Does the coach want me to feel better, or does he want to win the tournament? Like, exactly. He doesn't care. Or she, he or she will not care. It's really unfortunate. Mommy. I was going to say, like, my last question was going to be, like, have you guys ever received any type of support? Like, you know, with the new, like, BLM movement, like, some coaches and, like, um, and leagues are starting to be like, oh my gosh, maybe Black Lives do matter. So I know like eSports released a statement I saw. Um, I don't know if you guys, if you, if you ladies do, but they actually had to, um, what do you call it? They had to hire like a team to help them write it. Cause I, so I, I used to work at eSports. I did my internship there. And mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of people of color, black folks in the office. So then they had to actually, they had to actually hire someone to help them write that statement. And then, you know, NCAA, is out here doing the most of course so like have there in terms of support like have there been any like team talks or um groups that have been started or anything or associations or maybe just conversations in like the locker room and stuff like that um yeah so for our team actually we've started a uh like a racist equity and diversity like task force Hmm. so because we've had some issues and some problems going on around our team. So throughout, like, between, like, my year, her year, and, like, the new generation that's here now, we have a few uh, people of color who came together to start that and really just educate our own team. 
and our university they're putting something like that together and they're getting started and really trying to speak out about it but um we also have like after the whole black lives matter situation i know a lot of our um student athletes had made it known um through their own personal social medias that they witnessed a lack of support um for black lives matter because um especially with like majority of the athletes at our school being people of color there was no there was no post there was no um we stand with you guys nothing like that and after a lot of the students um spoke out about that on their own personal social medias there was a small group put together of students of black student athletes who then later um got together and reached out to i think the head of athletics who mm-hmm. is putting together more things um in support of black lives matter and just of like people in color in general around campus mm-hmm. now me <clears throat> and the nca and all that kind of stuff i'm not gonna lie a lot of stuff feels performative to me but again it's gonna feel that way just because you know everybody's making steps in the right direction or whatever and high demand and all that kind of stuff right but do i personally feel supported there are people i know i can turn to but again everything still kind of feels like performative so over the past summer obviously Timmy, you know this um so the student athlete advisory council which is called sac here uh they decided to go with a few different initiatives by creating subcommittees within um different schools sack whatever right this past summer i got interviewed to be the chair of the diversity equity and inclusion committee right so i got that i got that title over the summer by interview come to find out afterward that there were only three people that initially like applied to be interviewed for that position right I was the only black person that applied for it. There was another white girl and another Latina girl. Mm. So yes, I knew the people that interviewed me or whatever they said, I killed the interview, right? But again, being the one black person that applied for it and got the position, I, like, bro, I, I really just felt like it was tokenism that they gave me the position. Cause like, how's it gonna look if you have somebody who is not a person of color as a head of that. Diversity and inclusion. Exactly. So I was like, all right, whatever. I killed the interview. Can this be tokenism? Probably. Whatever. I'm going to move with it because obviously it's something I'm passionate about. I took it and run with it because, again, I immediately since my freshman year, I knew once I stepped on this campus, I'm like, I'm not going to be here and my name not going to be known. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to be here and not have any type of impact on this campus, right? So this was an opportunity for me to take it and run with it and, you know, really impact this campus one way or another, right? But, hey, it is what it is. But then again, when it comes to the whole support thing, I know there are certain people that I can lean on and depend on, and those people are people of color. Do I necessarily feel like it's coming from, you know, the higher-ups? Not so much because, again, the people that are sort of directing stuff when it comes to race and equality underneath the higher-ups are people of color, which they just hired. Mm-hmm. 
So I personally don't really know how I feel about everything that's going on when it comes to DEI and um, all that stuff. But yeah, that's my take to it. I would agree in like the fact that like a lot of times you don't first you don't personally feel supported or you feel as though like the support that you are given it's almost like well we're gonna support you um in the whole Black Lives Matter movement because we feel like we have to or like we feel like you're gonna embarrass us because you're posting that we don't care about you guys so like let me do this for you like it doesn't feel like it's really like I don't like I don't know how to say it. like it doesn't feel like they don't like they really want to help you it feels like they're doing it out of like they feel like they have to do it yeah um and i know that through that like i know a lot of us on the team i know when my was first here she was like the only black girl on the team and then when i got here um it was just the two of us but then the year that came after me um we got quite a few of like different like girls of color so through um being on the team together and obviously only there being like a limited amount of us we've yeah. gotten together and we've kind of like turned to each other so like when the younger girls feel as though like they're being like uh, racialized against by somebody on the team, they feel comfortable to come to me and Maya because we've been there before them. So I feel like personally supported, I feel like I'm personally supported by the people on my team who know what I'm going through. Um, and then also this past year, our coach left and our new coach is a man of color. So I feel personally supported through him as well. Mm -hmm. but as our school as a whole I feel like there's still more work that we could do um but I feel like they're at least trying so and with our new coach you can like already see the change like yeah. you can already see that like we're all a little more comfortable with them and just like being able to speak up against and he's like for us and he's like listen you're you are the team I'm just here to help you guys coach mm -hmm. so it's like he's really making his way through like each of us and kind of understanding who we are, our past, our situation, and kind of doing the best we can for that. That's amazing. I really wish that like the new generation of like upcoming, like, you know, like young athletes really get the opportunity because it can be hard, especially like it's one thing if it's like divided, like it's mixed, but like when you're the only black girl, like it's really, really hard. And I feel like a lot of athletes um, at like a younger age, like they'll stop playing the sport because they don't feel comfortable enough because like, you're going to tournaments, you're doing sleepovers, you're doing, you have practice, you have games, and sometimes it can be really uncomfortable. So I feel like a lot of people end up giving up, you know, really early, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so really happy to see all the great work you young folks are doing. It's amazing. The future generation is going to be very grateful, very lucky. Um, future sports in Canada, particularly for Black athletes, is definitely going to be, you know, different than how it's been for the past however many years, however old Canada is, I don't know, 500. Um, wait, no, has been right? I think I don't, I don't know, man. To ask me, grade nine geography and history do nothing. Anyway, I was asleep. Rock grade nine geography wasn't it? No, no, no. We bullied our teacher. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you all so much for a great episode. It's been amazing. I really loved having you guys here. People are gonna love it. People are gonna be really excited, um, especially from. You know, the university level, it's really important to see how things are moving. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>